You're listening to DC Broadcasting, podcast produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Students at Durham College. This is Riot Radio News. I'm Alex Cairns. This is what's making news this hour. Ontario reports 328 new cases of COVID-19 with four new deaths today. This is the ninth straight day of cases coming in below 500. Of the new infections, 68% were in individuals who were unvaccinated, while 32% were in fully vaccinated people. Starting today, Ontario will be receiving six critically ill COVID-19 patients from overcrowded ICUs in Saskatchewan. The patients will be sent to different hospitals from North Bay to Uxbridge. In the midst of the fourth wave, Premier Scott Moe admits his government could have acted sooner on a renewed mask mandate or proof of vaccination policy to prevent this. Ontario's Health Minister Christine Elliott announced that the province is preparing to roll out its largest flu immunization campaign in the province's history. It is urging that it is safe to receive both the COVID-19 vaccine and the flu shot. Flu shots will be available to all Ontarians in early November. In sports, the Toronto Maple Leafs lost to the New York Rangers in overtime last night in their first game against a non-Canadian team since March 10, 2020. Austin Matthews returned to the lineup and finished with a team-high eight shots on goal. Next up, the Leafs play the San Jose Sharks at home at Scotiabank Arena on Friday night. In basketball, the NBA season officially opens tonight with the defending champion Bucks taking on the Nets. Tomorrow night, the Raptors will open their season at home against the Washington Wizards. It's their first home game since February 28, 2020. Riot Radio weather. If you're into sunshine and warmer weather like me, you may want to make a point to get outside today and tomorrow as that may be the last of the sunny and warm days this season. It's going to be 19 degrees and sunny all day today, dropping down to 12 degrees in the evening. Tomorrow's going to be 20 degrees and mainly sunny, feeling like 21 and dropping to 11 at night. It is currently 10 degrees in Oshawa. For Riot Radio News, I'm Alex Cairns. Welcome to All Things with Alex. My name is Alex Cairns. This is my show where I talk about all things. However, I feel like for the month of October, this has turned into all things Halloween with Alex. But whatever. We're keeping things topical and I'm having fun with it. Today, yes, we're talking some more Halloween fun. For DC Focus, I went out and got face-to-face with one of my greatest fears, just so I could tell you about it. Later in the show, I'm going to be brainstorming what I think will be the most popular and fun Halloween costumes for this year. And after that, we're going to drop the spooky talk and get into the latest new project from The Beatles. No, you did not just time travel to 1969. It's happening. I've got a fun show for you today, and it all starts with DC Focus, coming up next, right here on All Things with Alex, with me, Alex Cairns, here on Riot Radio. Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio. Do you believe in ghosts? Spirits? unexplainable paranormal energy that can send a shiver down your spine or strike fear into your living heart? Well, if you do, great. I've got an experience I want to tell you about. And if you don't, well, maybe I'll change your mind. Now, 
I am not a person who enjoys being scared. Halloween is not my favorite time of year, despite how much I've been talking about it lately. <laughs> However, I wanted to see if there was anything happening around the Durham region Halloween themed that I might be able to suggest or recommend to you. A quick Google search found me on the Pickering Museum Village webpage and lo and behold, they've been putting on haunted ghost walk tours. Now, like I said, I don't enjoy being scared, you know, the way other people do. So we booked our tour at the earliest possible time so it would still be light out. Well, you know what I learned? A house is still dark if there are no lights or windows, no matter what time of day it is. I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty scared about 80% of the time, but learning about the history of it definitely kept me engaged. There were a few jump scares, and I don't wanna spoil anything, but all in all, it was very much a fun time. Listen, if you want to check this out for yourself, if you think you're brave enough to come face to face with a ghost, or if you're crazy enough to welcome this encounter, I really do recommend checking out the Pickering Museum Village Ghost Walk Tours. It's $25 a person for an hour-long tour, and they're running Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights from 6pm to 9pm until October 30th. All of their information is on the Pickering Museum Village website. It's scary, it's fun, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really would recommend it. This has been your DC Focus. Next up on All Things with Alex, I'll fill you in on what I think the most popular Halloween costumes are going to be this year. Stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk right here on Riot Radio. Welcome back. Alex Cairns here. You're listening to All Things with Alex on Riot Radio. The countdown to Halloween continues this week as we are now 12 days away from the spookiest day of the year. And if you're struggling to think of a costume or a concept, I'm here to tell you today my top three predictions of what the most popular Halloween costumes are going to be. So feel free to take notes. First up on my list, and honestly what I'll probably end up doing because I am obsessed with this show, is literally anyone from Squid Game. Not only is this the biggest show in Netflix history, the costumes are incredibly easy, and you might already have most of the pieces in your closet. You can go as a player, a guard, the doll from Red Light, Green Light, that's what I'm looking at. In terms of difficulty and acquiring the pieces, I think Squid Game will not only be the most popular costume this year, but the easiest to pull off. Next up, the second most popular costume choice, I think, is going to be anyone from the Met Gala. I mean, top of mind, Kim Kardashian, terrifying and all black, definitely would probably be a popular one. But there were so many great looks this year. I think there will be a lot of people who are way more creative than me, who will have a lot of fun recreating some of those really iconic looks. I mean, Halloween was canceled last year. Why not go big or go home this year? Third on my list, you need not look any further than Disney Plus for inspiration on this one because so many new Marvel shows and movies came out this year. There's a lot to choose from. We've got WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, I mean just to name a few. You really got a ton of options. Lots of couples costumes there too. I mean Luca and I would totally go as Wanda and Vision if either of us had a little bit less hair to fit under a bald cap. <laughs> so probably would not do a couple's costume this year. Anyways, these are just my predictions and thoughts on Halloween costumes this year. But what do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? 
I know I'm definitely going as Squid Game, and that is a fact. Coming up next on All Things with Alex, what do the Beatles and Lord of the Rings have in common? Stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. It's Coast to Coast Monopoly at McDonald's, and it's not too late to get in on the thrill. With lots of prizes left and one in five chances to win, it's anyone's game. All you've got to do is play. Hurry, it all ends November 8th. You're listening to the broadcasting for radio and contemporary media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk right here on Riot Radio. Welcome back to All Things with Alex. Alex Karen's here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, I don't know about you, but I was raised on classic rock. More specifically, Led Zeppelin, The Rolling Stones, The Who, and of course, The Beatles. These bands not only shaped my musical taste, but have been the constant soundtrack to my entire life. I was born in 1995, so, you know, 30 years plus after the Beatles became, well, the Beatles. So you've got to understand my excitement over this newly dropped trailer for Peter Jackson's The Beatles' Get Back, a three-part docuseries featuring the Fab Four from January 1969 in never-before-seen footage. And yes, by the way, it's the same Peter Jackson who directed Lord of the Rings. I, too, am expecting big things. I had no idea this project was even in the works. I saw the trailer pop up on Instagram last week and have been pretty fired up about it ever since. Personally, I think it looks like it'll be really good, or at least really interesting. As someone who works in the arts, I'm very interested in process, how artists work through discoveries, challenges, and everything in between. The docuseries is produced by Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Yoko Ono-Lennon, Olivia Harrison, and Peter Jackson, among others, which both puts confidence in me that it'll be very classy and good, but also makes me weary. It's exciting to see, of course, the two surviving members in on this, along with the widows of John Lennon and George Harrison, but part of me hopes that that won't take away from the truth of this tumultuous time for the band. I mean, I totally get it. No one ever wants to look bad and purposefully put themselves out there like that, but it's been over 50 years now. I want to see the tea spilled. I want the drama, the mess, and the joy of it all. I mean, isn't that rock and roll? Peter Jackson's The Beatles Get Back will be premiering on Disney Plus November 25th of this year with two more episodes to follow after that. I know I'll be tuning in and singing along. Will you? Just for this week, I had to change out the usual King Harvest for some Beatles on this outro, but don't worry, I will bring it back next week. This has been the show for this week. I hope you've been inspired to either get in the Halloween spirit or maybe toss on your favorite Beatles album and chill out later. You've got my approval on both. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you are staying well, and I will catch up with you again after reading week. This has been All Things with Alex. I'm Alex Cairns. Thank you so much for listening. And stay tuned for more great shows right here on Riot Radio.
This is Riot Radio News. Hello, I'm Mitchell Pellerin. This is what's making news this hour. Ontario has reported 373 new cases of COVID-19 today and two more deaths. 108 cases are in people who are fully vaccinated, with the rest not being vaccinated at all. Today, the positivity rate is sitting at 1.8%, as there was over 20,000 tests registered. In other news, a man in Oshawa has been taken to the hospital after a stabbing on Alberta Street close to Banting Avenue. The man has been taken to the hospital but has no life-threatening injuries. A female has been taken into custody in connection with the incident. Police in Whitby raided a house in which they believed was housing for illegal drugs and firearms. The police located $75,000 worth of hard drugs and a lot of loaded firearms, as well as $7,500 in cash. Five people have been charged, three of them being from the Durham region. In sports, the Toronto Maple Leafs took on the New York Rangers in the return game for star player Austin Matthews. Matthews and the Leafs couldn't take home the win, however, losing 2-1 in overtime on Panarin's overtime winner. In baseball, the Boston Red Sox defeated the Houston Astros 12-3 in Game 3 of the ALCS. Boston had a six-run second inning and didn't look back from there, only allowing five hits. Riot Radio weather today is a high of 18 with a mix of sun and clouds. Today we'll get down to 15 by later tonight and continue dropping to 14 as we make it into the early morning of tomorrow. Tomorrow does have a high of 18 and again another mix of sun and clouds. So go out and enjoy the nice cool fall weather. It's currently 16 degrees and cloudy. For Riot Radio News, I'm Mitchell Pellerin. Good afternoon, my name is Mitchell Pellerin, and I'm your host for Campus Call-Ups, a show where I discuss Ontario professional sports news. On today's episode, I will be discussing the Durham Lords' past week in sports on our DC Focus feature. This is going to be followed by a recap on the Leafs game last night and discussion on the Canada-US borders. That's all coming up on Campus Call-Ups. You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio. On DC Focus this week, the women's softball team finished out their season in a doubleheader against Mohawk. In the Lord's first game, they won 13-1, and in Game 2, 14-0. Morgan Salter, a first-year pitcher from Bathurst, pitched a no-hitter in the very last game of the season. Salter struck out nine batters throughout four innings as the mercy rule came into effect. The women's rugby team finished out their season with the win, bringing the team to a perfect 5-0 record this season. The team is set for the OCAA Championships on Saturday, October 30th. The women's soccer team's season came to an end over the weekend as they lost their final game to the Humber Hawks in the first round of playoffs. The team worked hard as in the loss as they lost in the penalty kicks after staying tied 1-1 throughout the game. On to a new sport now. Women's basketball started out their season with two exhibition games in Montreal, splitting the two-game set 1-1. The team lost to Mont- Mont- Monterrey 
I don't know how to say it, sorry for that, in the first game, and then defeated John Abbott in the second. In golf, the Lords brought home some hardware as women's golfer Devin Fraser placed third in the conference team event. The men's team finished their tournament in ninth place overall, with Nathaniel Coombs finishing 23rd. Along with their placing, Devin and Nathaniel were both recognized as Durham College's Athletes of the Week. We here at Riot Radio would like to congratulate the both of them on their excellent rounds on the course and the Athletes of the Week awards. That's DC Focus right here on Riot Radio. Welcome back to Campus Call-Ups. I'm your host, Mitchell Pellerin. The Toronto Maple Leafs had yet another loss last night against the New York Rangers. It was Matthew's first game back from his injury and the Leafs were expecting to put on an offensive performance. The only issue is that no one on the team could put the puck in the net. Well, everyone except Michael Bunting who got his second goal of the season in the 2-1 loss. The Leafs ended up with 41 shots and only one goal. If you remember back to the last the game last Thursday against the Ottawa Senators where the Leafs lost 3-2, the Leafs had 48 shots and they still lost with only two goals. In my opinion, I think that the Leafs start, need to start focusing on the good shots instead of trying to force pointless shots that will never go in. These shots are basically just free saves for the goalie that will just boost their stat line. You can't say much about the loss and blame it on Austin Matthews because this was his first game back from injury and coming back into the NHL, the top hockey league in the world, when you haven't been playing games but everyone else you're playing against has. It's a bit hard to catch up with the pace of the play, but we can't use that excuse for every every other player on the Leafs roster. Can also argue at the same time that Matthews needs to uh, be ready to come back into the game. He's a professional athlete. He's getting paid the highest salary in the league. He should be ready to play when he needs to play. The Leafs definitely do need uh, a different goalie who's going to be able to like play a majority of the games and still play stellar in the net. Like last last week the Leafs had to call up a University of Toronto goalie just to sit on the bench because they're out of goalies. You can't blame everything though on the goalie just cuz when you shoot 40 pucks on net and only score one goal, something needs to be changed on the offensive front. The Leafs have a couple days break, but we'll be back in action on Friday against the San Jose Sharks. Well, this is a bit of a new segment for me since I'm used to talking about sports, but the Canadian government has agreed to open the borders to the USA. I don't know about anyone else, but I'm very excited just because it'll give me a little taste of back to normal in the world. With many people being fully vaccinated, I think it's about time that the world starts opening up and getting back to normal. Like, I mean, it's been two years since anyone's left Canada for anything other than business. So, uh, I guess the Buffalo Bills better start extending their seats for some Canadian fans who want to go watch the Bills live. I know I said I wasn't going to be talking about sports, and I'm not. I just had to add that in there. One thing that makes me a little mad about the whole situation is that when we were sitting there in our fourth lockdown, most of the states were open, and they had no restrictions at all. Not to mention most of the people in the states can travel to whatever country they want. Canada just seems to be a bit behind. The only reason I think that I can think of that the Ontario government was being a little extra careful 
and didn't want to rush anything open. This is just because I think that they just didn't want to rush everything and like just next thing you know cases are flying through the roof again we have to go back into lockdown not everyone's vaccinated i'm glad we kind of did wait till everyone was well not everyone but a majority of people were vaccinated but yeah with everything that's happening throughout the last couple years even like even like just like not being able to go to school kind of sucks so just like the little things of being able to actually go in to like my online campus or not online sorry uh, going into my campus and learning from like an actual teacher live face to face or even just like watching my favorite sports team play on tv and like just see a full capacity crowd in the stands that's a bit that makes me feel like a little bit happier just uh everything going going back to normal but back to what this is all about the borders are opening the only thing i'm a little bit scared of is that they're not very they weren't very safe throughout covid so uh let's hope they don't bring it here and uh hopefully everyone gets back to normal and we get back to normal safely thanks for listening see you next time on campus call-ups on riot radio This is Riot Radio News. I'm David Molnar. This is what's making news this hour. Rural Canada's visible homelessness problem has been driven by the pandemic and cost of housing. Stephanie Elliott and Allison George are right on the edge of poverty, not knowing if they'll spend this winter housed or in a tent. Unfortunately, that has become more common since the massive rise in the cost of housing due to the global pandemic. The monthly rent Stephanie and Allison pays is $500, but the apartment they say is unsuitable and are questioning living in a winterized tent for the cold weather quickly approaching. For now, they are stuck in a county where the average home price more than doubled in the last five years, from $264,000 to $594,000, according to data from the Canadian Real Estate Association. It jumped by $150,000 in one year period from 2020 to 2021. The pandemic revealed pre-existing problems and worsened others, such as rising rent, addictions, lack of diverse housing, heightened mental health demands, and transportation barriers faced by rural communities. Another issue began when urban buyers started purchasing rural properties, which pushed out many who depended on cheaper rent. The Ontario government has directed counties and regions to count the number of people who are homeless in the areas by December 15th in order to help develop a list of each person's individual needs. In sports, the Toronto Maple Leafs lose a hard-fought battle last night against the New York Rangers with a final score of 2-1 in overtime. Mika Zibanejad opened up the scoring with his first goal of the season, but early in the second period, Michael Bunting would tie the game for the Leafs. Artemi Panarin would score the game winner in overtime, giving the Rangers the victory. Yegor Shesterkin, the netminder for the New York Rangers, would finish with a stellar performance, making 40 saves on 41 shots. The Toronto Raptors open up their season tomorrow against the Washington Wizards, but will be without Chris Boucher and all-star Pascal Siakam, who will both be sidelined due to injury. Riot Radio weather. The forecast today is sunny with a high of 19 and will be getting down to a low of 10. The forecast for tomorrow is sunny in the morning, then a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers in the afternoon, getting down to a low of 10. It's currently 10 degrees. For Riot Radio News, I'm David Molnar. Welcome to The Kickback. I'm your host, David Molnar. 
On today's show, we will be discussing the newest album from Atlanta's very own Young Thug and previewing a team that has not been mentioned by many, the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's all coming up today on The Kickback on Riot Radio. Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio. This week on DC Focus, Whippy Mayor Don Mitchell and the City Council have put in place a plan to revitalize Brooklyn. The decision is whether to take ownership of Baldwin Street or to have it remain a provincial highway. If Whippy takes ownership of Brooklyn, they could revitalize the downtown area and make it safe, walkable, and vibrant, says Don Mitchell. At this past Harvest Festival, it seems like the Brooklynites want to be able to enjoy their downtown core, but that would mean removing the disinterested traffic such as truck traffic that passes through every day. Don Mitchell believes if changes are not made soon, Brooklyn is at risk of becoming a ghost town with a lack of pedestrian traffic. The City Council has chosen an alternate route for Highway 7-12. With that being said, many residents in the area have been opposed to the idea because of how it will affect traffic in their area. Multiple examples of alternative routes such as Brawley and Thixon Road, but residents in their respective area don't want any change to happen. Most residents hope that the council will address difficult choices through a fair and evidence-based process, but that has become increasingly difficult with a lack of public support. The silence of the broader community has been viewed as support for nothing and letting the existing problem grow, says Don Mitchell, who seems discouraged by the public reaction. Personally, I believe creating a new route for Highway 712 will create a better town for Brooklynites. With the pandemic continued to impact our lives, creating an area to do local activities has become more important and valuable in the past two years. Although some members of the community will be impacted by the change, they will be rewarded with a better downtown area. Hopefully the City Council and Don Mitchell can come up with a plan that impacts the least amount of residents and creates a more vibrant Brooklyn. That's DPC Focus right here on Riot Radio. You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio. Welcome back to The Kickback. I'm your host, David Molnar. Jeffrey Williams, also known as Young Thug, also known as Thugger, also known as Sax, dropped his second studio album, Punk, this Friday. Young Thug has become a staple of Atlanta hip-hop, collaborating with most, almost every A-list rapper in the hip-hop game, including Drake, J. Cole, and Travis Scott. Thugger has been dropping music since 2010, but blew off off his song Danny Glover in 2013. Ever since then, Thug has become more successful and is now seen as a mentor to many big names in the rap game right now. Young Thug founded YSL Records, which stands for Young Stoner Life, back in 2016, and signed Gunna, Strict, and Lil Keed. Gunna has also become as popular as Thug with hit songs such as Dollars on My Head and Sold Out Dates. Thug has become a generational icon this past decade and continues to change the music game with his new album Punk. Punk features 20 songs with a runtime of 1 hour and 3 minutes. Each song has already reached a million plays on Spotify within the first weekend of the release, which shows the level of popularity Thugger has. Like most, most of his projects, Thug has a very long list of features on his album. Those featured on this album include Strick, J. Cole, T-Shine, Gunna, Future, B-Slime, Juice World, Post Malone, ASAP Rocky, Little Double Zero, Drake, Travis Scott, Doja Cat, Jeff Bosker, Nate Roos, and Mac Miller. Although this is a star-studded list of artists, this may be one of my least favorite Young Thug projects. I've listened to the album in its entirety twice and have only found one song that I really enjoy. 
Living It Up featuring Post Malone and ASAP Rocky is easily my favorite record on this album. A song that could definitely be enjoyed at a kickback, Post Malone's vocals pair perfectly with acoustic guitar used throughout the track and ASAP Rocky's feature is short but it's a great addition to a nice chill song. Young Thug has a wide variety of hit songs and even on an acoustic guitar heavy song, his vocals still shine. Besides that track, I can't say I enjoyed the album. His last studio album, So Much Fun, was one of my favorite projects of the past 5 years, so it's disappointing that Punk didn't live up to the same hype. Although this project isn't interesting to me now, it might age well and in a few years from now be considered as one of his best projects. Either way, Young Thug will always be changing the music game and experimenting with different sounds and features. I look forward to see what the Atlanta icon has in store for the future album releases. You're listening to the broadcasting for radio and contemporary media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk right here on Riot Radio. Welcome back to The Kickback. I'm your host, David Molnar. The city of Minneapolis has not seen many championships in their pro sports. The Minnesota Twins are the only team to win a championship with World Series wins in 1987 and 1991. Besides that, it has been decades of disappointment for Minnesota fans. The Timberwolves have never been a glimmer of hope and have not shown much promise for their fans either. The furthest this team has gone is to the Western Conference Finals in 2004, led by superstar Kevin Garnett. Since then, the team has only returned to the playoffs once. From failed move after failed move, the Timberwolves have never been able to return to playoff consistency. The team has been led by two-time All-Star Carl Anthony Towns for the past six seasons, but have only made the playoffs once with him. Cat has become the leader of the team, but it is now time for others to step up on the squad. A promising rookie, Anthony Edwards, delivered after being drafted first overall by Minnesota in the 2020 NBA Draft. He fell short of Rookie of the Year award, which was given to LaMelo Ball, but that will probably only make him hungrier for this upcoming season. Hopefully, he will be keep advancing his game and be one of the biggest stars not only on the team, but the entire league. Another dominant player Minnesota has is D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo was drafted the same year as Cat, but was taken by the LA Lakers. Russell has become somewhat of a journeyman, with Minnesota being his fourth team entering his seventh season. D-Loading has shown his clutch shooting abilities late in games and can hopefully come up clutch this season for the Timberwolves. Besides their core players, Minnesota has an interesting group of players in their depth. This offseason they acquired veterans Tari and Prince and the notorious Patrick Beverly. Both players will be scrappy additions off the bench and will hopefully bring life to a young team that many opponents will attempt to bully. Minnesota has lacked toughness in their teams and these additions can potentially take pressure off their stars. Chris Finch will be their head coach this year after replacing Ryan Saunders during last season and will be looking to improve his record after going 16-25 when he took over as the coach. I wouldn't say the Timberwolves fans have high hopes for this team going into this season, but there are some signs of improvement with this team heading into the 2021-2022 season. Best of luck to the T-Wolves and hopefully they can end their playoff drought. That concludes the kickback. Young Thug will forever be seen as one of the greats in hip-hop, but this project might go down as a flop. With such high hopes for an A-list artist album, it's hard to meet fan expectations and please every listener. A disappointing franchise might have some hope going into a season with low expectations. Minnesota looks to turn things around and maybe this year when everyone in the basketball world will finally respect the Timberwolves. I hope everyone enjoyed sitting back, relaxing, and listening to the kickback. Thanks for listening. See you next week on The Kickback on Riot Radio. This is Riot Radio News.
I'm Sean Tinker and this is what's making news this hour. Ontario's COVID-19 case count is under 400 for the second straight day. The province reported 328 new cases with four deaths occurring within the last month. A woman in Oshawa is in custody after a stabbing occurred early Tuesday morning. Police were called to a home near Banting Avenue and Albert Street where they found a male with non-life-threatening injuries. Durham Regional Police urge witnesses to call with any tips. On Tuesday, October 18th, Darlington and Pickering Nuclear Plant will be testing their alert systems. Durham Region officials say it will last about one minute and are urging the public to stay calm as it is only a test. In sports, the Toronto Maple Leafs took on the New York Rangers Monday night, where the Maple Leafs fell 2-1 in overtime. This was Austin Matthews' season debut after missing the first three games due to injury. The Leafs are back in action Friday when they will be taking on the San Jose Sharks. In other NHL news, Sharks forward Evander Kane has been suspended 21 games after violating the league's COVID-19 policy. Kane has been in hot water since an investigation occurred looking into his gambling habits and if he gambled on his own games. Riot Radio Weather Tuesday is going to be sunny with temperatures reaching a high of 22 degrees. Tuesday night will remain clear, with temperatures dropping to 8 degrees. For Wednesday, it will be partly cloudy throughout the day, with temperatures reaching a high of 19 degrees. For Wednesday night, it will be partly cloudy, with temperatures reaching a low of 13 degrees. It is currently 16 degrees. For Riot Radio News, I'm Sean Tinker. Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Level Change. I'm your host, Sean Tinker. I have a great one for you this week, starting off with my thoughts on the start of the Leafs' regular season and how it's been with fans in the arena. I'll also be taking a step back with Sports Talk this week, and I'll be sharing my thoughts on Squid Game, the show that's been rocking the world. All that and much more coming up. But first, let's take a look at a cool event going on at Durham College. Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio. On DC Focus this week, let's take a look at a cool and helpful workshop taking place at Durham College very soon. As the school year journeys on, it can get very stressful for students and there needs to be a way to deal with the stress and anxiety that comes with all of it. Well, Durham College has a workshop to help with just that. On Wednesday, November 8th, join Durham College's wellness coach, Jamie Meldrum, in a one-hour workshop discussing what exactly mindfulness is, as well as how it can help post-secondary students and how to practice it successfully. There will also be conversation about ideas and questions revolving around this topic to help students make the decision if this is worth investing in. The workshop will take place from 11.30 to 12.30 via Zoom, and you can register using your school email address. Everyone deals with stress and anxiety, and I think a workshop like this can be extremely beneficial for your mental health. You can find out more on the Eventbrite website. I'm Sean Tinker, and welcome to Level Change. Let's start off by talking about the first week of the Toronto Maple Leafs season. 
It's been a weird start to the year, from getting used to having fans in the stands, all the way to a University of Toronto student suiting up for the club. I want to talk about the fans being in person at the games. When the NHL started bubble play, it was my first look at watching a sporting event with no audience. At first, I thought it was cool and it offered a different view of the game, but that feeling really only lasted about two periods. After that, I quickly realized I needed fans to fully experience sports. The Leafs have played three home games so far, and it's been the loudest Leafs regular season games I've witnessed in a long, long time. I can only imagine how much this helps the players get extra motivation to give that final push to finish games strong. If I could afford Leafs tickets, I'd assure you I would be one of those crazy fans. The next thing I want to talk about is the Maple Leafs played thus far. You'd think after blowing a 3-1 lead in the playoffs last year, the team would come out guns blazing, but I haven't seen that yet. They start games slow and end up playing really sloppy hockey, relying strongly on Jack Campbell to come up with some big saves. The Leafs have won two out of their three games so far, but if they keep this play up, it will definitely bite them in the butt. The one shining star has been William Nylander, who has two goals in three games. He gets a lot of great chances each game, and I think he will have a career year this year. The last thing I want to talk about is the circus that happened with the Leafs goaltenders. When backup goalie Peter Mrazek went down with an injury, the Leafs had a problem. They couldn't call up an AHL goalie, so they had to sign a university goalie, Alex Bishop, on an emergency basis. As a Leafs fan, I just think back to the David Ayers debacle that is still a black eye for the organization. Thank God Bishop didn't have to go in net because I don't think that would have gone well at all. That's all for this segment. Stay tuned for my upcoming segment coming after the break. In 2021, the amount of shows being watched is at an all-time high. I'm not saying the shows are good, but all I'm saying is that there's a lot to choose from. I personally tend to stick with my shows like The Office or Seinfeld, and don't usually watch popular shows, especially if it includes subtitles. That was until I found Squid Game. Squid Game is a Korean Netflix show that doesn't fall under just one genre. I'd call it a drama, action, thriller, and even comedy. The show revolves around 456 debt-ridden individuals. They are all brought to an island, not knowing they will be competing in six games to win huge amounts of money. The show follows Song Ji-hun, a divorced, debt-ridden man who would do anything to pay off his debts and be with his family. I found the first episode very interesting, because as Song is finding out what is really happening, so does the viewer which I think makes a strong connection between the show and viewer. But getting back to the show, I just want to talk about the first game and the revelation that came with it. The 456 contestants are brought to a game field where they see a giant robot girl. The contestants play a game called Red Light Green Light, where you have to get to a certain spot without being seen moving. If you are caught, you are eliminated. And that is where it is revealed that you will be killed. I was kind of suspicious that that would be the case, but it still shocked me. 
I won't reveal any more of the storyline because I don't want to spoil it for the people that may have not seen it yet. What I will talk about is how amazingly different the show is compared to North American shows. The show is meant to identify the current wealth gap in South Korea that fantasizes the 1% making the poor people play games for death or money. I think they did a great job of putting real life problems into a fictional premise. I also found the comedy was different in a way. It was more expressive, less talking, more movement, which I found interesting but good. But anyways, if you haven't seen the show yet, I'd strongly recommend it, and especially for the next season. You're listening to DC Broadcasting, podcast produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Students at Durham College. This is Riot Radio News. Good afternoon, I'm Bob Morrison, and now here's what's making news this hour. Ontario is reporting 328 new COVID-19 cases today as the seven-day average continues to drop. Ontario has also reported four more deaths from COVID yesterday, bringing the number of deaths in the province to 9,819. Ontario Premier Doug Ford is being asked to apologize for his comments made on Monday about immigrants coming to the province to collect the dole. Collecting the dole is a term used in some countries to refer to collecting unemployment benefits. Ford's comment was in a town called Tech and he was addressing the labor shortage in Ontario. And a Toronto-area family is in disbelief after their one-year-old puppy escaped from their home and was recovered by Animal Services, who will now not give the dog back because it may be a pit bull. The family has provided documentation from two vets as well as the American Bully Kennel Club, saying the dog is not a pit bull. The Vaughn Animal Service is refusing to allow the family to see their dog, while also charging the family every day for boarding fees for their dog remaining in custody. Uh, VAS says it must determine how much percentage the dog is pit bull, or it will be transferred out of the province. And now in sports. In Greece, two women and a man snuck past police to protest the torch lighting ceremony on Monday for the Beijing 20. 22 Winter Olympic Games. Human rights activists are calling to boycott these games as China continues a genocide against the Weavers and other Muslim minority groups. And Canadian sports fans hoping to cross the board to see live sports events in the States are being advised to plan their trips carefully. The U.S. border will reopen to crossings to fully vaccinated Canadians on November 8th. Canadians are being advised that American border agents do not require proof of a negative COVID-19 test. But to return to Canada, Canadian border agents do need proof of a negative COVID-19 test. And this test cannot be more than 72 hours old. And now for right way of weather. The forecast for today is clear with a high of 19, with tonight being mainly clear with cloudy periods and a temperature of 12 degrees. For Wednesday, it's mainly sunny day with a high of 21 degrees. It's currently 13 degrees. For right Radio News, I'm Bob Morrison. You're listening to the broadcasting for radio and contemporary media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio.
Welcome to Nerdly Opinion. I'm your host, Bobby Morrison. And on today's show, Spooky Freights and Cannington, Collector's Corner, a new Mind Games is open, and the Nerdly Opinion, the latest Batman trailer, is giving me envy vibes. That's all coming up today on Nerdly Opinion on RiotRadio.ca. Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio. This week on DC Focus, Cannington's Haunted Frights for Halloween. In Cannington, Ontario, the town is having its annual haunted trail attraction. This event takes place in MacLeod Park. Some of the interesting attractions include Charlie's Trail, a trail where a man named Charlie dug up graves and then was chased into a nearby forest by the spirits he had wronged, taking their revenge on him. Ooh, spooky. It's like a trail sort of event uh, where people can see ghosts and stuff. So spooky stuff like that. Then the Backwoods, which is a lantern-only hiking expedition. In this expedition, the story goes that a group of teens went missing after hiking here, while one of the teens barely made it out alive. This teen escaped the Backwoods Savages. On this hike, you can either help find the lost hikers, or the Backwoods Savages could find you first. That's an extra spooky. And then finally... The Witch's Revenge, which is a dark rendition of The Wizard of Oz. This is a scary maze. There is also a vendor area and an extreme sounds photo booth. This event is not recommended for children under the age of 8. The Haunted Trail runs for two weeks this month for two days. The first two are October 22nd and the 23rd, and the last two are the 29th and the 30th. This event runs from 6.30pm to 9pm. Tickets are $15 per person and can be purchased online. All guests must wear a mask while in the attraction, though vaccines are not mandatory. Physical distancing will be enforced. For more information or to buy tickets, visit www.canningtonhauntedtrail.com. That's DC Focus right here on riotradio.ca. You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio. And now for Collector's Corner. Mind Games, a collector's slash puzzle store that kind of sells everything novelty, from kids to adults. It's one of those stores you can find that is expensive but nice at the same time. And the weird thing is, there used to be a lot of Mind Games in Ontario. I remember from a few years ago, there was one in this weird mall by the Eaton Center, a short-lived one in the Scarborough Town Center, and a brief one in the Pickering Town Center. Now, the closest one is in the Oshawa Center. And this store is bringing back a short-lived project that now has more of a shot of succeeding in my opinion. Mind Games is separated into two separate stores, Mind Games and then Mind Games Toys. This new store focuses more on, well, toys especially more Funko figures, Legos, and RC vehicles. While the original Mind Games is now focusing more on novelties, uh, like puzzles and card and dice games, collector's pieces like props and tapestries. 
Mind Games has tried this once before, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic and the constant shutdowns, it closed. The original Mind Games Toys took the spot of Toys 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 in the Oshawa Center, a family-owned toy store that closed in the early 2020 due to bankruptcy issues. This Mind Games Toys, though, was in a bad spot in my opinion. Being squished between Forever 21 and the tech stores in the mall, in a small store location smaller than the original Mind Games. The other main issue I noticed while being in that store is they legit bought the stock that have been sitting in the previous Toys 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 for years. There was no originality to this store. Um, it was just another generic toy store. The new Mind Games Toys is better though. This new one is located directly beside the original Mind Games on the lower level of the mall, in the massive space of what used to be a canvas print shop. This new Mind Games toys is stocked to the brim with awesome Funko figures, awesome Legos, and lots of cool toys, and it is now open. And now the nerdly opinion. The Batman, a movie superhero fans have been waiting for for almost four years now, ever since in later 2017, Ben Affleck announced he would not be playing the world's greatest detective anymore. A search for a new Batman began, and in 2019 it was announced Robert Pattinson from Twilight would be playing a younger Batman. And last year, during quarantine, a trailer for this film dropped. This trailer was awesome. The Riddler, a usual B-list villain, would now be the main antagonist in the film of the film and he would be a serial killer and the younger batman who gave me batman origin arkham origin vibes as a young only been batman for a little bit character now has to solve this mystery it also looks like there will be other villains in this film like cobblepot or the penguin and these gang members that kind of look like these villains called the mutants from Frank Miller's Dark Knight comics, set in a dystopian future where Superman gave up the Justice League members to a tyrannical government, and Batman, an old retired man, suits back up to square off with these gang members called the mutants, and also an old Joker and Superman. The trailer, while only being a few minutes, gave an amazing look at the film and the dark tones of the movie. The new trailer that has come out almost does the opposite. It makes the film look like a brooding tween film than Batman. Like Twilight. Yeah. There was a cool moment where it looked like Batman was yelling at another villain in prison, who I believe was Jackie Phoenix's Joker because it kind of sounded like him. And as well, Cobblepot tries to stop Batman with a truck on fire, but out of the flames comes the new Batmobile, and it was really cool. But other than that, the trailer was iffy to me. But hopefully it's just me, but it felt more like uh, a brooding film than Batman being younger and fighting all these villains and stuff. Even at one point, the villains are like, yo, calm down, Batman. You don't have to be so intense. And it's like, but that's the point of Batman. He's intense. That's his character. That's who he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be this character who kind of has a plan for everything and how to take down anyone and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's kind of disappointing. Hopefully, it was just me because I was disappointed by the Black Adam trailer because I still don't understand how that movie's going to work considering Black Adam is a villain. And a Shazam villain, to be exact. So I don't know how they're going to make him a hero or whatever. But yeah. Anyways, thanks for tuning in to Nerdly Opinion. I'm your host, Bobby Morrison. 
And now, here's Wildest Dreams, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift, playing us out on riotradio.ca. This is Riot Radio News. I'm Gregory Gerard, and this is what's making news this hour. A gang in Haiti known as the 400 Moza has kidnapped 17 American and Canadian missionaries who went to the country to help out at a local orphanage. 
demanding a ransom of $17 million US for their release. The missionaries, made up of five men, seven women, and five children, were believed to have been traveling in one vehicle when they were pulled over and kidnapped by the gang. Haiti has seen an increase in gang violence and in kidnappings due to the country's political instability, civilian unrest, and severe poverty rates. Much of the increase in gang violence and kidnappings is due to the 400 Mowozo. The gang routinely clashes with police and has essentially taken over the town of Croix de Bouquet. Kidnappings have become the gang's modus operandi, with officials estimating that the gang have already performed over 600 kidnappings this year. In sports, the Toronto Maple Leafs lost to the New York Rangers in overtime with a score of 2-1. Mika Zibanejad opened the scoring for the Rangers before Michael Bunting scored his second of the season for the Leafs to tie the game. In overtime, Austin Matthews, coming back from injury, missed an open net before the Rangers or Temi Panarin scored to win the game. Rangers goalie Iger Shesterkin was spectacular for his team, saving 40 out of 41 shots to get the win. Riot Radio weather here. Today is going to be sunny all day and somewhat warm. 18 feeling like 19. Tonight, some clouds are going to roll in, being mainly clear to partly cloudy. It's also going to cool off, going down to 13 feeling like 11. Tomorrow, expect it to be mainly sunny with a few clouds. It will be even warmer with a high of 20 feeling like 21. It's currently 12 degrees for Riot Radio News. I'm Gregory Gerard. Hello and welcome to The Slinky, the show where we discuss random and interesting topics. I'm your host, Gregory Gerard. On today's show, we start with the weekly DC Focus segment where we cover stories from Durham Region and the Durham College campus. This week, we look at how police are looking to cover and patrol more of Durham Region and North Durham and whether police should be looking to cover more of Oshawa instead. After that, we talk about this week's random topics, social media comments, and going to the movies. That's all coming up today on The Slinky on Riot Radio. Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio. This week on DC Focus, we take a look at policing in Durham. The Durham Regional Police are currently looking to increase their presence in North Durham. This news comes despite the fact that Oshawa is seeing record crime rates and that Oshawa councillors have asked for an increased presence of police themselves. So far in North Durham, police have gone on approximately 640 hours worth of additional patrols, leading to an 18% increase in traffic tickets handed out and a 39% increase in traffic cautions. In addition, the increased patrols have also led to 23 search warrants being executed, seizing over $20 million worth of illicit substances. Meanwhile in Oshawa, a severe increase in stabbings, shootings, robberies, and home invasions have occurred, even promoting one councillor to request an increased police presence and the building of a new police station in Oshawa. With such a small increase in ticketing in North Durham, despite the patrolling and increased patrols, it may be a better idea for the police officers to be patrolling Oshawa. In fact, there have already been seven stabbings in the Durham region this month, and two in Oshawa in the past week. 
In addition, there was also a robbery at an Oshawa pharmacy, and during a police raid in the previous week, over $75,000 worth of guns and drugs was found in an Oshawa home. Finally, several shootings and reports of shots fired have occurred this year, including at least four reports in Oshawa alone between August and October. While an increased police presence wouldn't stop all of the crimes, using 320 hours of patrols in Oshawa and 320 hours up north instead of a 0 to 640 split would likely increase the number of tickets and cautions given out in Oshawa without causing a major decrease in North Durham's numbers. Then again, if the patrols can eventually be made into a 640-640 split, it would probably be best for all. That's DC Focus right here on Riot Radio. Coming up after the break, we talk about social media comments and why they're usually the last place you want to be. Don't go away. You're listening to the broadcasting for radio and contemporary media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk right here on Riot Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Slinky here on Riot Radio. I'm your host, Gregory Gerard. Today, we're talking about social media comments and why you should probably stay out of them as much as possible. To start, the comments are usually very toxic and repetitive. So many sections are filled with bots, copy and paste of triggering comments, trolls, and otherwise bad stuff. It's occasionally and especially bad in sports comments. I don't know how many times I've seen people repeatedly call the same sports figures finished or done or dusted or otherwise make fun of them or insult them. Or how many times I've seen people comment didn't ask, don't care, or things along those lines even though they have notifications on. I swear people have nothing better to do with their time. All they do is sit behind a computer and copy and paste the same comments over and over and over again on any tweet from a specific source. The worst part is that even the comebacks are usually terrible, consisting of people commenting ratio or even just a simple period in order to get likes. The comments are supposed to be places to share opinions on the topic or to start a meaningful discussion. Instead, I get multiple people commenting on something and they say something like the following. Not a real sport plus ratio or the copy pasta. I was on a date with my girlfriend. She told me our relationship was insert sports person here. I burst into tears, our relationship was finished. Immediately followed by comments of ratio, followed by counter ratio, followed by periods, followed by gifts, followed by 20 minute comments, and uselessness. It's a funny thing to happen once, maybe twice, but it's been going on for the entire pandemic, and don't even get me started on the political comments. Like, just don't go there, ever. Thankfully, most of this is confined to Twitter, but other social media platforms aren't much better. Facebook has a lot of posts that are full of political comments that are irrelevant to the topic, but they're usually free of copy-paste and ratios at least. Meanwhile, YouTube and Instagram are full of bots. Just bots. They're promoting scams and other sketchy links, using sexual advertising, sexual images, and otherwise to bait clicks. And not only that, but all of that is talking about using the sexual images and spamming comments, and especially spamming comments with scams, is supposed to be bannable and prevented by YouTube. Yet almost every comment section you come across, especially the new posts and posts with lots of comments, are filled with just bots. Even if you report them, they don't get taken down, and the comments aren't usually deleted. I don't understand why they can't just add a software to ban any bot comments and any bot accounts because they can recognize a bunch of musics and a bunch of other stuff in videos for copyright claims, but they can't deal with bots? It's honestly sad. Anyway, 
Coming up after the break, we talk about going to the movies and everything good and bad about it. Don't go away. You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio. Hello and welcome back to The Slinky here on Riot Radio. I'm Gregory Gerard. Recently, I was thinking about going to the movies as a treat since they're open again. There was a movie I wanted to see, and it was close to, if not my birthday. As an added bonus, there was nothing on the next day, so staying out late to watch a movie was perfectly fine, as I could sleep in the next day. The problem started early when I was looking into times and dates. First of all, neither the website nor the phone app let me pick any movie for the day I wanted to go, which was admittedly kind of weird. It wasn't a holiday, and there was supposed to be a brand new movie coming out the same day. Plus, it was letting me pick dates the day after the day I wanted to go, so it's not like the theater was shut down for long-term maintenance or anything. And there wasn't anything on the events calendar either that would have taken over or shut down the theater. Finally, I was able to access the seating and times guide a few days later, and finally see what was available for the date I wanted to go. But, the tickets were really expensive. It's practically cheaper to buy the brand new movie on release day, especially if you're taking a couple people to the theater. Wait a couple years, and you can even usually get the thing in the $5 clearance bin at Walmart. Plus, the snacks are pricey too. Even worse than last week's vending machine food. Sure, the seats are nice, and the screen's much bigger, but the appeal of going to a movie just seemed overhyped to me. I guess there are some benefits, especially if you ate spoilers or you like going with all your friends and each person's paying for themselves, but to go regularly like some people do is just insane to me. There's only been a few movies each year that I've even wanted to see, and even then I usually wait till they're out on DVD or even later and when they air on TV. Especially the Star Wars movies, they show the complete saga minus the newest movie two or three times over a three month span, and usually it's running for multiple weeks. Another good example is the Lego movie. I wanted to go see the sequel, but I never found the time, and a couple weeks ago, I watched it for free on Home on TV. Sure, I had to sit through some commercials, but there was other things on at the time, so I was entertained. And all of my snacks were much cheaper too, because I didn't have to pay for them, other than what I paid for at the store. So, I'd recommend that unless you have a movie that you really want to see in theaters, you're probably better off staying home and waiting for the home release. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today's show. Make sure to tune in next week to see what random topics we'll be discussing and to see what's making headlines in news, sports, and the Durham region. For The Slinky on Riot Radio, I've been Gregory Gerard. Thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. This is Riot Radio News. I'm Hayden Lamarant. This is what's making news this hour. In a statement released last Thursday, GM Canada declared that all employees must be fully vaccinated by December 12th. This includes the GM Auto Oshawa Assembly Plant, as well as the GM CMAI Assembly in Woodstock, Ontario, and the St. Catharines Engine Plant. Also, the GM plants in BC and Alberta. Ontario reports 328 new COVID-19 cases today as, as Health Minister Christine Elliott announces that the province is finalizing a plan to vaccinate children ages 5 to 11. 
Just weeks before she was set to return her to her residency in Las Vegas, Canadian superstar Celine Dion has had to cancel her upcoming shows due to unforeseen medical reasons. In the statement, Dion said that she's deeply saddened that she had to do this to her fans. In sports, the NBA regular season kicks off tonight with the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Milwaukee Bucks and the Golden State Warriors taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. Monday Night Football is last night in Tennessee with the Tennessee Titans defeating the Buffalo Bills 34-31 in a very tight game. Riot Radio weather. Today is a high of 20 with tonight being a low of 11. And tomorrow is a high of 20 with a low of 10. It's currently 17 degrees. For Riot Radio News, I'm Hayden Lamarant. I'm Hayden Lamarant, and coming up on Hanging with Hayden and DC Focus, I'll give you details on some Halloween activities going around the college. Also, I'll share with you my favorite podcast right now that you might want to listen to. And finally, I'll go over your week 6 NFL recap and highlights. That's all coming up on Hanging with Hayden, right here on Riot Radio. Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio. This week on DC Focus, it's about 11 or 12 days till Halloween, and there are some great activities going on to celebrate the spooky season around the campus and virtually. Um, So to start, the Durham College Student Association is throwing on a whole week of activities from the 18th to the 22nd, including intro to astrology classes, tarot card readings, pumpkin carving slash decorating, and intro intro to crystals. So personally, I'll probably just check out the pumpkin carving, maybe, maybe not. The other stuff, like the astrology, crystals, tarot reading, that's not really my stuff. But if, if you're into that, go check it out. It's probably going to be a great time. Probably learning some great things. Um, if you live in residence, I know the residence staff, they're throwing on their own pumpkin carving. Um, they're doing candy grams. So if you live in residence, you can send your other friends that live in residence. It could be any kind, any of the residence buildings. You can send them candies right to their door. Um, to find out any information on this, head over to the MyDCSA Instagram page or the DCOT Res Instagram page. page. You'll find out all the information there. Um, it's going to be a great couple of weeks. There's probably more that's going to be coming out. Uh, details about other things that might be going around school. Um, this was DC Focus on Right Radio. Coming up next on Hanging with Hayden, I'll share a few of my top podcasts that I think you should listen to. You're listening to the broadcasting for radio and contemporary media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk right here on Riot Radio. Alrighty, welcome to Hanging with Hayden. I'm Hayden Lamarant. Now, I'm a big podcast guy. And I listen to a lot of podcasts, even more than I listen to music. And I listen to a lot of music. Now, some of the podcasts I listen to that I think you should listen to right now, what, the first one is the Joe Rogan Experience. Now, that's a great one. Um, he posts he posts an episode or two a week. 
very long episodes, but he always has great guests on. Some you might not know, like uh, some authors or journalists or smaller comedians, but still great episodes. But he has had some big names on, like Kevin Hart, Demi Lovato, and Elon Musk. Um, still great, great, um, great episodes, and I really enjoy them. I think you would too. Next is Smartlist, hosted by Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes. Funny, funny, funny. They every week they always bring on the best guests, including Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell. Um, they've had The Rock on. Great podcast, funny, and I think if you're big into pop culture, celebrities, movies, I think you'd like it too. Next is Sore Losers. Now, the Sore Losers is a smaller podcast out of Nashville. They have won awards in Nashville for that podcast. It's, 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 a, it's a sports podcast, but they don't just talk about sports. They talk about a lot of things. It's hilarious. So if you want big laughs, hear about sports and other things, I highly suggest listening to it. And you can listen to it on any platform. Like any of these podcasts I'm sharing, you can listen to these on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Next, and the final one I think you should listen to is The Burt Cast, hosted by Burt Kreischer, a comedian who actually has a few specials on Netflix that I highly recommend you check out. Um, every week he posts an episode, and he always has a funny comedian, or somebody that's, always, somebody that's kind of big, kind of not big, like last week I was listening, and Howie Mandel. Great episode. It, it was so cool listening to hear about some stuff about how Mandel didn't really know. Um, but yeah, those are some great podcasts I highly recommend you listening to. Coming up on Hanging with Hayden, we'll have all of your week six of the NFL recap and highlights right here on Riot Radio. You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk, right here on Riot Radio. Welcome back to Hanging with Hayden. I'm Hayden Lameron, and it's time for your NFL Week 6 Recap and Highlights. So let's kick it off with probably the biggest thing of the week. The Jaguars finally got their win against the Dolphins in London, England. They won 23-20. Good job, Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick, finally got his first win of the season. Next, the Ravens destroyed the LA Chargers 34-6. Now, I'm a big Justin uh, Justin Herbert fan, Chargers fan. So, sadly, I, I was sad to see this. I thought he was going to maybe win MVP this year. But I guess not after that. Next, we got the Chiefs. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're improving. They are winning. Um, Patrick Mahomes did get two interceptions last week on Sunday. That's pretty rough. But they're improving, and I could see them maybe if they improve even better, they could, they could get to that Super Bowl. But they might have to face the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Mary Cooper, they're all looking amazing. You know, they weren't they weren't the greatest last year without you know, they didn't have quarterback Dak Prescott, but this year I can see them I could really see them going to the Super Bowl. I, I was really excited watching that game. 
It was a tight game, and that leads me into Mac Jones. Mac Jones, the new Patriots quarterback rookie. He was chosen the first round. He He's looking good. He made it a tight game for Dallas, and I'm really excited to watch him improve. He does have a good coach in Bill Belichick. Maybe the t- new Tom Brady for the Pats. You never know. He has played some really tight ga- games, including against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you got to watch out for that Mac Jones. He might he might go fire. He's probably one of the better rookie quarterbacks of this season. That's it for your NFL Week 6 highlights on Hanging with Hayden. That's it for me this week. I'm Hayden Lamarant, and this was Hanging with Hayden on Riot Radio. Keep it locked on to Riot Radio to hear more great things from great voices. You're listening to DC Broadcasting, podcast produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. This is Riot Radio News. Good afternoon, I'm Damar Lewis, and this is what's making news this hour. Ontario has reported fewer than 400 new COVID-19 cases for a second day in a row, with four deaths on Tuesday. The province logged 328 new coronavirus infections today, with being down from 373 on Monday and from 390 cases a week ago. With remaining on the topic of COVID, the Health Minister of Ontario says that the province is working on its final plan to get the COVID-19 vaccine out to younger school-aged children and will be ready to go as soon as they get the approval for the vaccine to be used for children ages 5 to 11. With the concerns of parents giving the vaccine to their young children, it is advised from Health Minister Christine Elliott that the vaccine will be ready to go and that parents should not be worried due to the perfect rollout plan and that once it gets approved, it will be explained how safe the vaccine is for younger children. Lastly, in recent news, Ontario's health minister stated that Doug Ford does not need to apologize for his comments about immigrants coming to Ontario. With being said that she doesn't think it's necessary because with what Doug Ford was trying to say is that we need more immigrants in Ontario and she knows that when immigrants do come here, they work hard and that's and that there's a lot of work here and opportunities and Doug Ford is welcoming all outside of Canada. In sports, basketball fans, the NBA season officially starts today. The season will kick off with a doubleheader starting at 7.30 p.m. with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks facing the Brooklyn Nets. Then at 10.30 p.m., Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors will face LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers for a late-night showdown. The Toronto Raptors have their season home opener tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. against the Washington Wizards. It will be their first time having a seasonal game at home since February 28, 2020. In hockey, the Toronto Maple Leafs had a tough overtime loss against the New York Rangers last night. Artemi Panarin scored a sweet overtime goal, locking in the win for the Rangers. Igor Shesterskin stopped 40 shots, being a big help for the team as well. The Leafs will look to redeem themselves after a three-day break when when they play the San Jose Sharks on Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. For Riot Radio weather, this afternoon we are looking at a pure sunny day with a high of 19 degrees, with a bit of a chilly night with a bit of clouds, with it being 12 degrees after sunset. And as for tomorrow, the morning will be sunny with no clouds starting at 12 degrees. For the afternoon tomorrow, we will have a high of 20 degrees with some sun and clouds, and after sunset, we will have another cloudy, chilly night with it being 11 degrees after sunset. It's currently 18 degrees. For Riot Radio News, I'm Damar Lewis. You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. 
Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk right here on Riot Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Keep It on the DL radio talk show. I'm your host, Damar Lewis. On today's show, for DC Focus, there will be a very important Rotary Global Classroom event updating us with vital information on how to eradicate world polio. And I got you completely covered on all information on how to get you involved in that. Also on the show, the NBA's 75th season starts today, and it starts with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks going up against the Brooklyn Nets. With being such a powerful super team that the Brooklyn Nets are, they will be shorthanded as due to team issues with NBA superstar Kyrie Irving, which I will be explaining why. And lastly, restaurant staff across the country say while most customers are respectful of the new vaccine requirements, others are angry and argumentative. And I want to dive in and give a great take on this topic as well. That's all coming up today on the Keep It on the DL radio talk show on Riot Radio. Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio. For DC Focus this week, it is my pleasure to bring to your attention about the Rotary International 2021 World Polio Day. It's a class in honor of World Polio Day 2021, which is widely recognized on October 24th. The Rotary Clubs of Oshawa and Oshawa Parkwood and Durham College, on behalf of the 11th Rotary Clubs in Durham region, in Port Hope as well, are co-hosting and live streaming World Polio Day Live 2021 from the Rotary Global Classroom at Durham College in Oshawa. Ontario, Canada, located in the Centre Collaborative Education at Durham College on Thursday, October 21st, 2021. With a bit of a background check, the world is on the verge of eliminating one of the most dreaded diseases of the 20th century, poliomyelitis. During the first half of the 20th century, polio crippled over half a million people every year. And even today, some children are affected by this disease in certain countries. But thanks to a large part of Rotary International and the 1.2 million Rotary members worldwide, including the 10 Durham Region Rotary Clubs, this disease will be soon be will soon be all but memory. And you could be the help of that. With uh, this live classroom event, it will have a, a live event with a bunch of uh, speakers. It is hosted by Professor Lon Appleby. It will also include guest speakers of Dr. Bob Scott, uh, who is the Rotary International. He's a retired medical doctor from Coburg, Ontario, and is a vi- and is a past vice president of the Rotary International. We will also have Shakar Mehta, uh, Valerie K. Wafer, Jennifer Jones, Mike Govern, and Dr. Tunji Funshow. These are all professionals of um, researching the disease for polio, and will inform you on how you could be a great help to stop and help spread awareness of the polio disease. For more information, please visit www.durhamcollege.ca slash global class slash Rotary for more information. That's DC Focus right here on Riot Radio. You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk right here on Riot Radio. Welcome back to the Keep It On The DL radio talk show. I am Damar Lewis. And basketball fans, the day is finally here. The NBA season officially begins today at 7.30 when the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the defending champions, by the way, are playing against the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are an extremely powerful super team, but they may not be so much due to 
the absence of Kyrie Irving. And if you haven't heard, um, Kyrie Irving is, is an amazing basketball player. He is an NBA superstar. He has one of the most amazing handles I've ever seen while watch, in my time of watching basketball, at least. And he is taking a stand, um, not just for himself, but for other people who um, are forced to be to, are forced to get vaccinated. And he's saying, you know, I'm, he, he's taking a stand and saying, I want to be, you know, I don't want to be vaccinated. And I'm sticking to it and I'm standing up for people who are who are forced to get vaccinated because they don't want to lose their job. And, you know, he's taking a stand and, you know, the, the team seems to be, perform, you know, uh, supporting him. But deep down, I feel, you know, at the end of the day, th- this team is is not is 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 losing their chances of winning a championship without Kyrie Irving. And it's so unfortunate because I'm a big Kyrie Irving fan. I have a lot of. Um, a lot, of, a lot of family members who are who are children, they love they love Kyrie Irving. I always ask, I say, who's your favorite basketball player? Who do you like to watch? And they go, Kyrie Irving. Not Steph Curry, not Kevin Durant, not Trey Young, uh, not LeBron James, not Giannis. They always say Kyrie Irving. And, and 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 you know what? I think it's a bit of a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, looking at looking at it from my standpoint as a basketball fan, it sucks because I do want to see you play. I do want to see the most um, competition there possibly there possibly is complete com- between two teams. And you know, I, I want to see Kyrie play. I think when he's on the floor, I think he's an amazing player. I don't want to be one of those guys where you know, say the, with the quote, you know, shut up and dribble. But I want to see you play, Kyrie. I really do. But in the same breath, it you know, if if I was someone who didn't want to be vaccinated and I was getting forced to and uh if if not i would have lost my job that i can then uh, i mean i would stand with them and say you know i mean i'm not that kind of person i am vaccinated but if i was that person i would look and say hey like you know what i agree with Kyrie. this is a great message that he's trying to send and you know it's just then yeah i'm gonna stand for it but it's just all unfortunate as a whole because you got you got two sides of the story. You got kids and you got a whole bunch of fans that want to see him play, and in the same and I'm sure his team wants him to play too because when he's on the floor, they're they're easily the famous favorites to win the NBA championship. And you, you know what? I it, it, yeah, it's just unfortunate on on both sides. And you know what? I just I hope you know Kyrie we can figure it out. So you know we not only can we see him play, but also he's you know at at at, at a better mind that has a better mind at at ease at this point and i just i just hope that he, he he was able to play basketball sooner than later and lastly what i want to talk about today is it's kind of on the same topic um you know there's this new qr code that's going around for everybody and uh you know it's being used everywhere but most specifically in in, in restaurants and i i'm seeing here that um that a lot of people are also being cooperative with it but i'm also seeing people who aren't and for the people who aren't um I think it's a little bit ignorant. I mean, I mean, you got, well, I personally, I work at a restaurant and I have, and, and I think the oldest person standing at the front door where people have to show their codes, they're, they're like, they're like 18, 19, 20, maybe 20 years old. And you know what? It, it's just super unfortunate because these little kids don't really know how to deal with, uh, you know, adults and, you know, I mean, they're hired to do their job. They're hired to accept your, your, your vaccination, your vaccination code and your, your, your uh, ID. You know what I mean? That's it. what it is at the end of the day. And it's to people who are coming there and knowing they're not vaccinated and thinking that they can get in. You are not like you are not God. You're not Superman. Just stop trying to, you know, try and beat the system. It is what it is at the end of the day. These are these are our settings in the world right now. And I mean, and at this point, you might as well just be at home having takeout or just simply, you know, sitting on the patio. I know it's a bit chilly, but these are the only options for people who aren't vaccinated. And I want to stick up for for the people that I work up that I work with and all the the young hostess and hosties that that get that deal with this every day and you know what like it, it sucks that people are you know being a bit ignorant 
towards them. But at the end of the day, guys, these are the rules. These are the requirements. I mean, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's on you. I have, I'm not, I'm not anybody special. I just want, uh, the, these are just the rules that are just applied to us as human beings. And this is what we got to accept. And this is what we got to do. There's nothing wrong with not being vaccinated. I mean, at the end of the day, I think, I think, you know, it's, it's not gonna, I think we're going to stop. We're trying to stop a cause here. And I think not being vaccinated kind of slows it down. But in regards of wanting to enjoy yourself outside, these are the requirements that what, what you must do. And you know what? Um, I hope to all my to all my hosts and hosties that have to deal with this daily. I, I truly hope you don't have to deal with it anymore. And I hope that we can all get the world back to normal so we can keep the peace and I'll be happy. And with all that being said, it is my time to go. I want to say thank you once again for listening to the Keep It On The DL radio talk show on Riot Radio. This is Riot Radio News. I'm Simon Prendergast. This is what's making news this hour. All Ontarians that have been fully vaccinated can download the Vaccine Passport app. Ontario has reported 328 new cases of COVID-19. Two Ontario doctors have been prohibited from providing medical exemptions for the COVID-19 vaccine. Post-secondary vaccine mandate for Ryerson University, Humber College, and George Brown College. Six COVID patients from Saskatchewan are being transported to Ontario. Restaurant staff say they are facing abuse for enforcing the COVID vaccine certificate rules. Prime Minister, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau visits First Nation in Kamloops, BC. The TDSB announces that Green Home Junior Middle School and Silverthorne Collegiate Institute will be continuing with online learning. Police are investigating near Langstaff and Highway 400 after two women were shot and taken to the hospital. Halloween Kills tops the box office over No Time to Die with $54 million. In sports, the Vancouver Whitecaps were victorious over Sporting Kansas City after winning the game 2-1. This win gives the team a chance to compete for a spot in the playoffs. Toronto Raptors rookie Delano Banton pays respect to the city of Toronto. He selected the number 45 for his jersey in respect to the 45 Kipling bus to honor the community of Rexdale where he is from. The 21-year-old is the first Canadian in history to be drafted by the Toronto Raptors. Riot Radio Weather Today is, the, is mostly cloudy. The temperature is a high of 13 degrees and a low of 6 degrees. Tonight will be partly cloudy. The temperature will drop to 8 degrees and a low of 6 degrees. Tomorrow will be a sunny day. The temperature will be a high of 20 degrees and a low of 5 degrees. It's currently cloudy. The temperature is 13 degrees and it feels like 11 degrees. There are 21 kilometer winds with a 10% chance of rain and 53% chance percent humidity. For Riot Radio News, I'm Simon Prendergast. Welcome to 2020 News. I'm your host, Simon Prendergast. On today's show, I will be talking about the disappearance of a mother and daughter in Whitby. I'll also be talking about the closing arguments in the Corey Fenn triple homicide trial, as well as some entertainment news. That's all coming up today on 2020 News on Riot Radio. Campus life and regional stories about people and places. What's happening in Durham Region? This is DC Focus on Riot Radio.
This week on DC Focus, the Durham Regional Police are seeking help from the public following the mysterious disappearance of 58-year-old woman and her 85-year-old mother in a home in Whitby. Police released a statement on Friday saying officers were called to a home on Scepter Place in the Gerard Road and Dryden Boulevard area shortly before 3 p.m. The call was to check on the well-being of two women who are identified as Ava Burton and Tatilda Noble. Once the officers arrived on the scene, they noticed that the two women could not be found. Officers located evidence at the scene that indicated suspicious circumstances behind the disappearance. The evidence has not yet been disclosed. Anyone in the area with surveillance footage or any information about the whereabouts of these women is asked to call police or crime stoppers. Corey Fenn's triple homicide trial is almost over. Prosecutors are delivering their following ar- their closing arguments. Corey Fenn is accused of the March 2018 murders of 39-year-old Chrissy Petrovinsky and her 15-year-old child Roy and her 13-year-old daughter Vanna. Chrissy was planning to break up with Fenn a few hours before she was killed. Fenn argued in court that he was under the influence of cocaine. The Crown had been working to disprove his theory. This, the evidence indicates that Fenn was aware enough to take off his bloodstained socks when Chrissy's boss showed up to the house to look for her at the home in Ajax. Fenn was also accused of hiding the bodies. One of the bodies wasn't discovered until police had been searching the house for three hours. The daughter Vanna was found alive but later passed on in the hospital. Fenn was conscious enough to pack cash and cocaine into his bag before fleeing from the home. He was later seen buying a water bottle from a Pickering gas station. Fenn called himself a cab and was dropped off in Oshawa. The Crown stated that Fenn waited until the cab drove off before he entered a house on Phillips Street and hid in the backyard shed. He was arrested later that day and pleaded not guilty for three counts of second degree murder. Fenn will be representing himself in court and will be making his closing arguments next week Monday. That's DC Focus right here on Riot Radio. You're listening to the broadcasting for radio and contemporary media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk right here on Riot Radio. Today on Info in the Sixth, the province of Ontario has reported 328 new cases. 177 cases were unvaccinated people. 16 of the cases were people who had only received their first dose of the vaccine. 105 cases were people who have been fully vaccinated, and 30 of the cases were people with an unknown vaccination status. The data shows that 60 cases were found in Peel region. 52 of the cases reported in Toronto. There are 20 new cases in Ottawa, 19 COVID cases in Windsor-Essex area, 18 cases in Middlesex, London, 17 cases are in Hamilton, and 16 of the cases are at Lambton Public Health in Sarnia. The other local public health facilities have reported less than 15 new cases in the provincial statement. The seven-day average has dropped significantly to 407 cases. In the previous week, it was 525 cases. Last month, the seven-day average was approximately 700 COVID cases. The province of Ontario has reported 260 patients in general hospital rooms with COVID-19. That is 115 more patients than the previous day. 
159 patients are in intensive care unit. That is nine less patients than the day before. There are currently 130 intensive care patients using a ventilator, which is eight less patients since the last update. The peak of the third COVID wave was the worst for, for hospitals. The province of Ontario had more than 900 patients with COVID-19 being treated in intensive care units. There are almost 2,400 reported cases of COVID-19 in general hospital rooms. Provincial officials stated that they will be including the vaccination status of hospital patients to give more valid information in their daily COVID reports. That's all for Info on the Six. I'm the host, Simon Prendergast. We'll be next we will be back with the next segment after this short break. You're listening to the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media students at Durham College. Now back to more news, campus information, and informative talk right here on Riot Radio. Welcome to Six Entertainment. I'm the host, Simon Prendergast. Today, a local Toronto rapper by the name of Top 5 was arrested in the United States after being on the run for several months in his connection to a murder. Top 5, whose real name is Hassan Ali, 20, the 22-year-old rapper from Toronto. He was arrested in Los Angeles this month for his connection to a murder of an accounting student, 20-year-old Hashim Omar Hashi, outside of a North York parking lot in January of 2021. According to the U.S. authorities, the rapper is part of a crew known as the Go Get em Gang. The crew is a dangerous and violent Canadian street gang. Canada has charged him with the brutal murder of Hashim Hashi. The United States Attorney's Office for the Central District of California made a statement that said Hashi was murdered because he happened to live in the rival gang's turf. He was mistaken for the person the shooters believed was the killer of Ali's brother, Saeed Ali, also known as Foolish, back in 2017. Top 5 has a long history of threatening people with violence. He has threatened multiple Toronto Raptors through his social media posts and Instagram Live, as well as some of his released music. He has also publicly discussed killing people in retaliation to his brother's death. One of these posts is only three days before Hashi was killed. Top 5 is not suspected of being the shooter, but he is allegedly one of the people present in the car at the time of the shooting. Hassan Hali is being held in custody in California. He was originally charged as an accessory to murder. The charges were upgraded to first degree murder in May. The rapper allegedly cut off his GPS tracking monitor and fled to the states using false documentation. Thank you for listening. See you next week on 2020 News on Riot Radio. You're listening to DC Broadcasting, podcast produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Students at Durham College.